Hello, Lankhook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lankhook Thoughts Podcast. On this episode, I get to speak with Aaron Hutcherson. Aaron is a freelance writer and recipe developer based in New York City and runs the lottery recipe blog, The Hungry Hutch. His work has appeared in publications such as The New York Times, The Washington Post, Eater, Thrillist, Taste, Simply Recipes, Food 52, and others. Previous employers include The Michelin Guide, Tasting Table, Food Network, Food Arts, and more. He is a graduate of the French Culinary Institute and had a career in finance prior to that. And I really wanted to interview him because I, re- first off, really enjoy... Uh, his blog. I think his recipes are very accessible to anyone looking to learn more about cooking or wanting to provide for themselves. And I thought it was so important to have someone like him on during this because in this time of people going to the grocery store and actually shopping for themselves and trying to learn how to cook, it's going to be people like him that are able to teach others how to do it properly and how to sustain themselves. So I really wanted to have him on. Uh, Really thankful that he was willing to come on. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can find his blog at thehungryhutch.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, I really enjoy his Twitter. Uh, that's actually how I kind of found out about him. And I just like love the content he puts out. And like I said, I really think his career path is interesting. So I wanted to have him on to talk about it and to share how he started the blog and how he's been able to keep it up for almost a, or over a decade uh, by now. So thank you so much, Aaron, for coming on. And I hope you all enjoy When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, if you just want to go ahead and start by introducing yourself to the audience, that would be great. Uh, sure. So my name is Aaron Hutcherson. Uh, I'm a food writer and recipe developer. Um, I have a blog called The Hungry Hutch, where I share recipes that I make at home. Um, and I'm also a former line cook. Okay, awesome. Um, where are you from? And what was food like for you growing up? Uh, so I was born and raised in Chicago. Um, and so for me, food was a mix of like Midwestern meat and potatoes, staples, um, and then also soul food. So like fried chicken and mac and cheese and greens and things like that. Okay. And was that, uh, from someone in your household that usually made that for you or? Uh, yeah, my mom was the predominant cook in my family. Um, my dad would sort of maybe cook once or twice a year. Um, yeah. But yeah, mostly my mom did oh. all the cooking. Okay. And how, I mean, do you still carry that today? Like the recipes and like the memories from that? Yeah, definitely. That was when I sort of first fell in love with cooking. It was I was one of those kids that would be in the kitchen hanging out with my mother or whoever else was in there. Um, and so those are like my first food memories that sort of have helped certainly lay the foundation for everything that I do now. Okay. Um, so, I mean, was there like an exact moment where you kind of realized you wanted to be like cooking the rest of your life or was it just over the years you kind of fell into it? Um, it happened, um, about eight years ago at this point, um, eight or nine years ago, 
I was working uh, on Wall Street, actually. Um, and I had, like, obviously been in love with food um, for a while. But growing up, I never really thought it was a viable career option. Or, like, I didn't really know anyone who worked in food. Mm. Um, at least beyond, like, fast food or anything like that. So I didn't really think of it as, like, a quote-unquote good job or anything like that. Um, but then... Um, after working in finance for a couple years, I sort of realized what it meant to like ha- do something for your career. It's like just how long life can be. Um, yeah. and finance wasn't what I wanted to be doing for the next 40, 50 years or however long it would take me to reach a point where I retired. So I decided to pursue my first love and, uh, went to culinary school and then I haven't really looked back since. Okay. Um, if you said you were like, in love with cooking. What drew you into finance for those years? Um, so in school, I was really good um, at math, and I liked numbers a lot, um, and I figured finance would be a good sort of practical way to apply those skills. Um, and also, you know, it sounded nice to make a lot of money, or at least a decent amount of money. Yeah. Um, And so I guess, I mean, what was it like working on Wall Street in the time you did? Uh, Funny enough, uh, I worked on Wall Street also during a recession. Um, So I interned in 2008 uh, and then started full time in 2009. Um, So by the time I started full time, it was actually very different than what I had expecting at or was expecting after um the previous summer because everything uh sort of slowed down and became a lot less stressful (laughs) i was i remember like being there the first few months and then people were actually leaving at like five and six o'clock and i was very shocked because prior to that i would like as an intern i would stay there until seven eight nine ten or so sort of regularly and it was like no big deal so just see people like actually realizing like oh we're not getting the paychecks we were anymore so we're not gonna work as hard as we or put in the crazy hours that we used to it was sort of a very jarring experience but that's interesting (laughs) yeah no definitely um so like what would what would you actually be doing at the job uh, so I was in portfolio management. Um, so I helped to invest people's money. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's just interesting uh, because I don't know. I haven't talked to a lot of people on the podcast so far that were in one thing and then switched to another, but I know it's a common theme amongst the food industry. Were you nervous mm-hmm. at all um, leaving that to go pursue food? Oh, definitely. One million percent. Um But at the time, I just sort of knew that I needed to try it because I felt like I could always go back. Thankfully, I had really great relationships with my boss and like other people on the team. So like I knew if I if things really got bad and like I really hated it or was flat broke or something like that, I knew I could like go back to finance. But I also realized that there was no time. Like I was twenty five at the time, so like. 24 25 so like that was the prime time to 
test it out and see what happened. Yeah, definitely. Um, so when you left uh, finance, what was your first job? In, or you said you went to school. Uh, I mean, like, yeah. did you work at all or did you just go straight into school? Uh, so I actually went to culinary school part time while I was still working in finance. Um, I did like the nights and weekends program um, at uh, the French Culinary Institute. And then once I was sort of getting to the end of that, uh, I realized that I was because sort of my thinking was I'll do this part time and see whether or not I actually want to pursue this. But like as time progressed and the program progressed, I realized that I did want to try out the culinary industry um, full time. So I quit my job mm. and graduated culinary school all within the same week. Oh, wow. And then from there, um, I had an internship at Food Arts Magazine, which is a uh, now gone um like more like restaurant and chef industry specific food magazine um and then i did that during the week and then on the weekends i was a line cook um in a restaurant in manhattan in the east village so i was working seven days a week for a few months wow i mean during that time um i guess what drew you into food writing or food media um, I think it was because partially like an obsession with food TV <laughs> back in the day. Um, okay. and then also, like, I don't know if I fully realized how much I sort of connected to the stories surrounding food, but I think that's at least part of what drew me to that aspect of it um i like never really had any intention of working uh in restaurants when i decided to go to culinary school but it was sort of one of those things that one like people had recommended me to do like as a writer because like that helps to i think write about the industry better um, but mm. also, I was at an unpaid internship, and I needed to make some money. So, <laughs> yeah. What um, what uh, when you were growing up, who did you look up to in terms of food media or on TV? Um, so I grew up watching a lot of PBS. Um, so it was like the Julia Childs and Chuck Pens and uh, Rick Bayless and Martin Yan and Ming Side, like all those people who had, um the public access food shows were the ones that I sort of fell in love with. Yeah. I mean, those, uh, those, those shows I, I actually enjoy more. Um, Lydia, uh, I think was on those as well. Um, but I always remember like with, like with my mother watching them and kind of getting inspired, not knowing that I would be in the food industry, but those, I don't know. I've just felt like those shows are just really well done and they're really honest. Mm -hmm. There's something about them that was like really honest about the cooking and, what they said to the viewer. Yeah. Um, so you're working two jobs, you're working seven days a week uh, in food media and then uh, in restaurants. And then you said you did that for several months. What was the next step after that? Um, 
sort of while I had the internship, I was applying to all the like editorial assistant jobs that I could find and like test kitchen assistants and things like that. Um, but I was sort of getting nowhere. Um, and then I decided to just stop the internship and just start working in the restaurant full time. Um, so yeah, it's just, I could only afford to like make or to get paid for two days a week for so long. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just do this restaurant thing a little bit more. And I ended up staying there for about a year full time. Okay. Nice. And how did you like working in the restaurant? Uh, it was very much a love-hate relationship. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why is that? I The, like, adrenaline rush of a busy service um, is sort of thrilling in a way, um, but also it's completely exhausting. Like, that was... Being a line cook is the hardest I've ever worked in my life. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely difficult to, you know, obviously be a line cook. And then, I don't know, I can only imagine, like, working in New York City as a line cook is just tremendously difficult in and of itself. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's like tiny spaces with only three people, three or four people trying to feed hundreds of diners in a service is not exactly <laughs> the easiest. No, I can't. I, no, it's not. Um, and so then after that year, what was, like, what was your next move? Um, then I went to go quote unquote, find myself. Um, I like found a posting for a summer camp that was looking for a like, cook and a baker so I went to the mountains of Pennsylvania um, for a couple months um, just to get away <laughs> from the craziness of New York City. Uh, came back, sort of uh, hopped around a little bit, and then I ended up working um, in a corporate restaurant group doing uh, operations. Okay. And so then when did you start to find yourself back into food media? Um, I sort of stayed in the restaurant side of things for like restaurant operations for a couple years. And then I got back into food media. When was this? Um, 2015, I think. Uh, all the time just seems to blur together but five or six years ago um i found my way back to food media um and then just have been hustling ever since to sort of try and get my name out there okay i mean and is that when you started your blog as well i actually started my blog um in 2009 like before i had even gone to culinary school um I started sort of a few months after I graduated and started working in finance um, just because like I needed a hobby. Um, And I like had heard of these things called blogs that people were doing. (laughs) Like I could do that too. So it started as just uh, 
an idea for like a fun side project and it's turned into part of my livelihood now yeah i mean it's it's crazy how like projects like this like the podcast that i've been doing for a year and a half i mean it really has become a part of who i am um but like starting i mean the blog now is 11 years old i mean compared to when you started did you see like yourself grow or did you see certain things you wanted to change like how has the process been owning something that long It has been through multiple evolutions, Um, I would say, like in terms of the design itself, it has had at least three or four different designs to it. Um, The photography has definitely improved. Um, (laughs) If you like scroll all the way back, you can still see those first photos and like every once in a while I look at them and I just cringe on the inside. And then also, it's like it started when I just was sort of like starting out living on my own, experimenting in the kitchen. And then it follows my sort of going to culinary school and evolution of like working in the restaurant and like writing recipes professionally for publications. So it's definitely grown up with me. Yeah, that's cool. How, I mean, how did you start to like write recipes for publications and stuff like that? Um, I think most of the opportunities actually started because of the blog. Um, I would say maybe a few years into it, I would start to get contacted by people like sometimes small sometimes big like hey would you like to contribute a recipe to this or that um and in the beginning i was just always sort of open i was like yes and i think the first sort of big place where i started contributing recipes was pillsbury okay Um, so i have this yeah if you look on their blog i have you know a handful of recipes that i contributed some years ago um, and then from there, just sort of continued to um, pick up steam, like different people asking me to contribute or every once in a while, I'll um, reach out to people or even just like having conversations. Like, I feel like the media side of the industry is all about networking and who you know. Um, mm-hmm. And if you know enough people and like, even if you don't necessarily like aggressively push your work on them like the right people can um, under the right circumstances, like find your work and realize that it's good. And if they ever, and if you have the relationship and they ever like need help with doing something, then they can reach out to you. And that's how I've been fortunate enough to like get into a lot of different places. Okay. And once you get into like, like say Pillsbury, for example, once they would ask you to write a recipe for a product, like do they give you kind of guidelines in terms of, the type like the type of cuisine they want or do they just give you a pretty much a product and ask you to come up with a certain dish of your choosing uh with pillsbury it was sort of a combination sometimes it was like hey we want to feature i don't know um her cookie dough do you have any ideas of like ways you could use that other than just (laughs) making cookies obviously or sometimes um they would have ideas for things that they were 
want to put on, like certain recipes like we want a roast chicken recipe like would you want to do that for us or we want uh or like or they'd be like oh i saw you had this recipe on your blog would you like to make another version for us to post on ours things like that so it can come about in a number of ways okay and when you're looking to like you know update your blog and put out new recipes where do you kind of get inspired to make a new recipe for the readers of the blog um a lot of my cooking inspiration comes from the grocery store okay um i like to just sort of like want i don't usually i never go to a grocery store with like a list or a plan um (laughs) i like to just sort of like wander through the aisles and see like what jumps out to me and what speaks to me um and then like also um i mean (laughs) not now but in the before times like when i go out to eat i would sort of take note of different flavor combinations and ingredients and like things would just sort of like sit in the back of my head and like let i'd let them percolate and then sometimes i'd be in grocery store like oh i remember having this sweet potato dish with like brown butter and hazelnuts at some restaurant the other day so like let's see how i can sort of incorporate those flavors into um something for the home cook okay that's interesting i mean because I, I was looking at your blog and i you know it's cool to kind of see how you not only like take pictures but you offer a pretty nice description of the dish and then you also offer like how you like the tomato soup recipe is the one i was looking at like you have mm-hmm. put in there how you make it from scratch what you could pair it with or what you could serve it with. And then you have the recipe. Um, so like for the, that, for example, what made you want to make tomato soup for the blog? Uh, that one was like, given the current sort of pandemic and social distancing um, and stay at home orders like that, I wanted to give some or share something that was super um, simple and easy for people to make. Um, Cause I know that there's a lot of people that are cooking right now sort of for the first time. Um, so I wanted to make sure I had something up there that like even to the most novice of cooks could create that would also still be like full of flavor and delicious and something that they'd be happy with putting in their mouths. Okay. I mean, it looks good. Um, I, <laughs> I haven't made it, but I actually do plan on trying it. Um, so like when you're doing a recipe, how long will like the process of writing out the recipe take? Um, I think that one was fairly quick, um, and that total, it came together like within a day, um, cause it wasn't super complicated or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think for the post in general, sometimes what takes the longest is the photos, um if i like make something and then i photograph it and then i can depending on what it is i can end up with hundreds of photos to like sort through and then edit then upload um so yeah anywhere from like one to multiple days (laughs) goes into a single blog post okay um it's just interesting to me because I don't know. I feel like I would be 
I mean, obviously you've been doing it for a while, but for me, I would be nervous, like putting out a recipe and then like, say for example, the crushed red pepper flakes was too much for someone or, you know, mm-hmm. like, do you ever get nervous about that? Or have you done it so many times that that's not really a worry anymore? Uh, I, I think about it sometimes. Uh, I think it's like something that's always in the back of my head. Um, but I try not to let that sort of deter me too much. Um, because like, I guess I try to tell people to sort of like encourage people to like do whatever tastes good to them. Mm. Um, so like, if you like it spicy, add some more. If you don't like it spicy, don't put in the red pepper flakes at all. Um, I think one of my biggest hopes that people take away um, is to sort of learn their own taste buds. Um, because like, like you said, like what's spicy for me might not be spicy at all for someone else, or maybe like too spicy for another person. So it all it's all very individual. Okay. So I hope people will learn to take that into account. And for your blog, do you hope to reach more people, like to teach them how to cook, or are you expecting them to kind of have a base knowledge of cooking? Um, I believe that I sort of make all of my recipes that so that they're approachable to most people. Um, I don't really call for any sort of super technical skills. Um, most of the time it's, you just might have to like dice something. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah, at least in my head, <laughs> I think that like almost anyone can make all of my recipes. Um, some people may disagree, but in my head, <laughs> I hope to teach people that how to cook. Yes. Okay. I mean, that's really cool. And do you, so do you have any visual content you now, or do, would you ever consider doing anything like that? Uh, you said video content? Yeah. Um, I have a couple of videos. Um, the thing for me is that uh, I sort of do, well, not sort of, <laughs> I pretty much do everything um, by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's hard to do videos um, by myself, like being the person like in front of the camera and then also um, having to learn how to edit videos and things like that. Um, I would definitely love to have videos up on my site, but it's just something that I haven't made a priority yet. And plus, like, I know there are people who do it by themselves, but I feel like most of the time they have, they're not in New York City apartments, so they have more space to set things up um, when I don't really have that option. Um, But I guess eventually i would love to do more videos but that just hasn't been the priority now okay yeah i mean i don't I, I don't have any video content and it's something i'm definitely nervous about just in terms of like you know having a background and you know whatever else is needed for to produce a good looking um you know video on youtube or what have you uh, mm-hmm. so i definitely understand that as well because this is also just like one person doing this so and it's a lot i mean it's a lot when you have all, like all, if you're working on something it's a lot to add something else in 
yeah it's like doing the blog and the photos and writing and everything is enough work <laughs> as it is so like the thought of adding video on top of that just makes my brain hurt <laughs> yeah uh same um so do you like what are your what are your plans of the blog or like what do you want to see out of it over the next few years um i would love to continue to reach more people with the blog um and i think at some point i would also like to write a cookbook um just because i feel like it's i don't know i'm old school and that i love like having a tangible product it's like it's nice that i have hundreds of recipes on the internet um, but i would love to be able to like, touch them and flip through them and things like that that's a really good idea um would you just use the recipes you've obviously been playing up on the blog over the years um i would probably use a handful of them but i would also um create some new ones um so yeah i would ha also like have to create some new ones to go along with any of like the favorites that i have from the blog okay what uh, what would the theme of the cookbook be if you like had to do it um i think it would just sort of be uh an offshoot of the recipes that i already create which are sort of along the lines of like modern comfort food mm -hmm. okay so just more of that and why do you why do you enjoy modern comfort food so much i mean obviously everyone likes comfort food but i don't i think there's like a lot of finesse that can be put into it you know it really i think is difficult to make something that um makes you resonate with your childhood I mean, is that why you do it or do you have another reason yeah no that's it it's like that's sort of the food i grew up with um that's what i love the most and yeah so it's sort of like i think modern comfort food sort of combines all of my interests and passions and experience like my soul food midwest upbringing plus my like culinary training plus my just like curiosity about different cuisines of the world sort of all combines into what i think of as modern comfort food okay um and in terms of i guess just what you write about i know on twitter you said that you write obviously you're for your blog we you write about chefs and restaurants where do you write about chefs and restaurants um all over the internet um up until january i was one of the editors for the michelin guide website really um yes uh and then i've also written for um eater and wine enthusiasts and vine pair and food 52 and all over the internet okay what was it like working for someone like uh, michelin guide which is i don't know like a little bit different i guess than i would say comfort food um it was uh an interesting experience i got to meet a lot of the sort of um super big name chefs which was interesting and um it like being in that job gave me a lot of access to people and places that I don't think I ever would have gotten access to otherwise. Um, so that was very, uh, 
I'm very grateful for that experience. Okay. And so when you were there, were you just, you were, were you like, you were writing, but also you said editor. So what, like, what would an editor be like in that role? If you don't mind me asking. Um, so we had a website that served to go beyond um, just the star ratings and the reviews that our inspectors did. Um, so on the website, it was like genuine, uh, general editorial content. So everything from like chef profiles to restaurant openings to um, you know, talking about different ingredients and equipment. Um, yeah, so anything that you'd read or not anything, but like the sorts of stories you'd read in like a food and wine or Bon Appetit or um, in an eater, like that sorts of, those sorts of things. Okay. It's really interesting. Um, and have you ever had to travel for work like this, or is it mostly just staying within New York? Uh, yes, I got to travel at that job because um, we were responsible for um, covering the guides in all the U.S. Uh, locations. So that was New York, D.C., Chicago, and California. Okay, that's really cool. Um, so like when you're like with these, uh, like with these companies, obviously writing for food and whatnot, uh, how much of your own, like, do you bring the ideas to them or do they kind of have a guideline of what you should be sticking to in terms of content that you put out or how does that work? Uh, as a freelancer or at, when I was an editor? Uh, as an editor and then also as a freelancer. Uh, well, as an editor, it was uh, at Michelin and specifically, it was me and one other person and we were in charge of the website. So we sort of got to decide um, for the most part what we wanted to talk about. Um, That's cool. And then as a freelance writer, um, sometimes editors will reach out to me with a story in mind. Sometimes I reach out to them to see if they're interested Um it's a sort of back and forth relationship. Okay. What are some uh, stories you're proud of over the past few years that you put out? Uh, past few years. Um, let's see. Um, I did a story for taste um, about the history and sort of um, prominence of Laurie's seasoning salt that I really enjoyed. Um, I did a piece for the Washington Post about the history of biscuits and gravy. Um, most recently, I did a piece for Vine pa- or no, for um, Wine Enthusiast about uh, this Netflix movie called Uncorked um, about uh, a young man that wants to become a master sommelier. And then I've also. Uh, did a piece for Eater recently about chefs that are doing all these virtual um, sort of cooking classes as a way mm-hmm. to connect with their communities. Okay. Um, tell me about that one. That's kind of interesting. Um, I spoke with, I want to say, five different chefs from all over the country, um, like with everyone that's social distancing, being at home, and a 
lot of them, their restaurants um, have been shut down. They needed or wanted something to do with their free time. Uh, they wanted a way to sort of connect with people. And that's how they started doing it. It's just like posting videos and doing, getting on Instagram live and showing people how to make different things at home. Okay. Do you see, like, in terms of, I guess, lessons and stuff like that, do you see that as kind of the future, even after, like, the coronavirus effects kind of fade away? Or not fade away, but, like, you know, once we get back to going to work and getting out of the house, do you see the industry kind of taking this more virtual uh, reality route where cooks are going to be sharing more online? Um, yes. I'm, even, like, some of the people I spoke to, they said that um they don't plan to stop sharing <laughs> uh online after sort of things quote unquote go back to normal um because they've sort of just gotten so much joy from it so that so yeah i definitely think a good number of people will just start doing this more often even once sort of the pandemic has gone away yeah I mean, I also, I mean, I agree. I, I, and I would hope so. I mean, I think it's really cool. Obviously, I love the, you know, food media aspect of the industry. But um, I I think the most inspiring thing I've seen so far during this is all the chefs are just pay, basically a lot of people in the industry taking the time out of their day to go on a camera and do a recipe for, for people, like just teach them how to cook. And while we see that with like, you know, a lot of media outlets to see the average cook do it is something that I think is so cool. And I don't know. I, I that that's like one of the biggest like inspiring parts for me right now is just seeing other people put that content out there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I don't know. What are you seeing out there in terms of people in the industry sharing uh, that is kind of getting you excited? Um. I mean, I guess like that's the main thing is the cooking content. Um. And then a lot of people, of course, are uh, encouraging everyone to be in contact with their uh, government officials to try and help out the restaurant industry um, and all the workers and businesses that have been impacted by this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is, uh, I mean, kind of want to get into the topic of it a little more. I mean, obviously, you're based in New York City. Uh, in our country right now, New York City is getting hit the hardest. Um I mean, it kind of like happened so quickly, but what was your like first reactions towards it when it started to happen a few weeks ago in terms of things shutting down and everything like um, that? I, my whole like thought process around it sort of shifted drastically in a period of like, I don't know, 24 hours. I remember on, I think it was like March 14th. It was a Saturday. Like, went out to brunch with my friends. Um, and then, like, went out for drinks afterwards and just sort of, like, hung out all day. And, like, we had sort of started talking about um, the coronavirus and everything. Like, should we be worried? But, like, we were still just making plans to go about our lives as normal. And then I remember the next day, I, like, started reading more and more online. And that was when I was like, well, looks like be staying inside <laughs> for the <laughs> near future. Um, yeah. But yeah, things shifted quickly. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of had a similar story of just like going out that Saturday and then the next day, everything kind of shutting down. Um, but in terms of New York, um, in terms of restaurants in New York, there's still a lot of places doing takeout right now. I mean, I know some places had to close after not being able to really get the inventory they needed. Um, but how is it restaurant wise in terms of chefs being able to still do takeout? Do you still see some being successful Um, with it or? I am not sure actually. Um, I haven't picked up food from any restaurants. Um, I've done some delivery, um, and I've also just been cooking at home a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, it's, yeah, it's a combination. There are some chefs that have decided to sort of go all in and with takeout and delivery to sort of do as much as they can. There's some chefs who are now have switched to just turning their um, restaurants into community kitchens to feed a lot of the first responders and hospital workers and things like that. And then there's some chefs who decided that they didn't want to risk the safety of their staff and employees by making them come to work. Or even if like, I remember talking to one chef whose employees wanted to work, um, but she thought um, it was best that people stay home. So yeah, sort of a mix. Um, in terms of like profitability or anything like that, I have no clue. I mean, part of me severely doubts <laughs> that um, restaurants are making a bunch of money. Um, yeah, unless sort of like delivery was already a big part of their business. Um, I think the restaurants that are doing delivery and takeout are doing it just as a way to sort of make any money that they can to try and save from like completely running out of funds. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean like what you said, it is a tough decision at the end of the day to kind of decide whether you do want to stay open or you are going to close and, you know, closing on the one hand means that nobody really can work. But on the other hand, like you said, staying open, there is some sort of risk involved with it. Mm -hmm. Um, it, and I don't know, it, it's just like, it's just tough to see and it's just hard to watch it all, I guess, right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. It's definitely but, not uh, <laughs> the most pleasant of times. No, but uh, I, there is some good, I guess, uh, you know, like I've been able to use this time to do more podcasting and learn. Um, what, like for you, like, is there anything you've picked up so far during this time of self-isolation that you're really excited about or... Um, I've been cooking a lot, um, that's for sure, and, like, I've come up with some new recipes to post on the blog, so that's exciting. Um, other than that, I've, like, been doing some writing, um, for various websites as I can to, like, try and make some money, um, and then also, you know, there's some days when I just need to stay in bed and watch netflix so (laughs) doing whatever i can to stay sane yeah um, same um like like three days ago before uh, i was just like you know really like energized and then yesterday i just like not i don't know not hit a wall but like all that energy was kind of out of me for a little bit and i was just kind of like 
you know, laying around all day. And I knew like, I had stuff that I wanted to accomplish, but I kind of just like stopped and just cooked yesterday. And that was pretty much it. So um, definitely get where you're coming from. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so now that, you know, you're getting to cook more and whatnot, um, like have like, how has the reception been to the blog? Have you seen people using it more? Because obviously during this time, there are going to be a lot of people that will look to like people like you that have resources in terms of cooking and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I've definitely seen an increase in traffic. Um, it's almost doubled wow. um, since isolation began. Um, it's like you said, to so many people are trying to figure out how to cook and looking for recipes. So, I mean, I guess that's one slightly good thing about at least for me and like all the other food bloggers is that we're seeing more traffic but um yeah i guess that's the silver lining in this for me yeah yeah um all right well you know uh i do hope that through this you know if there's any positivity that you're able to have some new followers and that there are people out there who are gonna you know look at your blog and be impressed. I mean, I'm impressed by it. I mean, like the photos, the recipes, like everything is just so well done. So, um, thank you. We'll be, you know, when this goes out, I will be sharing obviously the blog with you, but anything in the future you want shared, just send my way and I'll be able to put it up. So. Sounds good. Um, but just, yeah. Uh, I did want to ask though, like, so for someone who wants to start a food blog, cause I feel like there's going to be a lot of people during this that find passion in cooking and what, well, they might not be able to like do it because they also have other jobs to go back to. They, I, I think that a lot of people are going to want to start creating content around food. What mm-hmm. advice would you give them in terms of getting into content creation for food? Um, just get started. I think a lot of people sort of try to wait until... Um, they're, they can like take really good food photographs or they are like really good at building websites or whatever. Um, but I think that if that's the case, then like half the people <laughs> will never get there. Um, <laughs> so if it's something you're interested in, just put it out there. It, like it's okay if the first few weeks or months or years, even <laughs> in my case of like photos aren't that good. Um, but as long as you like share yourself and are authentic and make some food that people want to cook, then eventually you'll like find your path. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. And um, I end all my interviews kind of the same way. Uh, so basically uh, I call the community I've, I'm trying to build of cooks and chefs and people in the food industry, the line cook nation. Um, it, it is just a bunch of people interested in food trying to connect. So now that you've been on the podcast, what does it mean for you to be a part of this community? Um, you know, being a part of this community is my life. Uh, I've been part of it for about, or almost a decade now. So I don't, know, I don't <laughs> know anything else at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's such a source of like inspiration and a true community. Um, not to use like the word to define the word, but I don't know. I feel like food people tend to 
care for and look out for one another. Um, and I'm grateful to be part of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're totally right. And I feel the same way. Um, it's, it's great to be a part of a bunch of people who want to be there for each other. So, yeah. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, if you want to just drop like any social media handles or where they can find your blog, that would be um, a good place to do it. Sure. Uh, so again, Aaron Hutcherson and my blog is the hungry hutch. Um, and it's just the hungry And that's the same, um, name that I use on all of my social media handles. So check me out there. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Aaron, for coming on. All right. Thanks.